Welcome to the Truth and Liberty broadcast. We believe we have a mandate to bring godly change to our nation and the world through the seven spheres or mountains of influence. To further this cause, we give away a product every week that will empower you to get involved in changing your life and changing our world. You can register for our weekly giveaway by subscribing at truthandliberty.net. You can also subscribe to our newsletter to receive weekly updates on guests, news, and much more. This is an interactive live cast and we welcome your questions. To ask a question during the live cast, use the comment or chat features. Now get ready to dive into this week's topics with our hosts on location in Colorado, USA. Welcome to our Monday night's Truth and Liberty live cast. I'm Andrew Womack and I've got Richard Harris. He's our, uh, I'm not chief, you aren't chief counsel anymore. Executive director. Executive director of Truth and Liberty. And we have Alex McFarlane with us tonight. He's a blessing. And we've got some things to announce. Yes, that sir. That we have not made known before. And it's going to really, really be good. It's going to be I awesome. think, first of all, we need to say that we had one of the best Truth and Liberty conferences that I think you could ever have. I even had people talking about it down in Cascade. I was eating down there today and people were talking. Oh, were they really? It yeah. was powerful. Yeah, and was. I tell you, Richard Harris here, uh, Mark Cowart, Pastor Mark Cowart <laughs> said, what uh, phone booth did he step out of? Says he wasn't wearing his cape, but man, Richard came out. It was one of the strongest messages Praise I've Lord. ever heard. It was just awesome. God is good. Thank you, Andrew. Yeah, and it was an amazing conference all the way around. It just it just built and built and built. And, uh, you know, if, if you didn't get to come in person and you, you didn't get to watch it live, just go on our website and all those links are up there and you can watch it and be, be edified and strengthened by it. There were, it was just so anointed and powerful. I believe it was a, a word in good, in due season, you know, is overall. It, are, are those um, recordings on there now? Th they are. Yeah, we, we have one more to add, but it needs to be edited just a bit and then they'll all be up. But vast majority of them are up there. And that's awesome. And we had a 9-11 presentation that our um, film and production department did. It was powerful. Yeah, a drama of 9-11 that will... I can't speak for everybody. It definitely moved me to tears. Man, and I had tears uh, dripping off my chin oh, watching that thing. Just powerful. powerful. Yeah. So anyway, it was awesome. Mm -hmm. And uh, Richard, if nothing else, you need to go listen to his message. It was one of the best messages I've ever heard. Oh, Andrew, you're it too nice. It was powerful. Thank you. It was powerful. Yeah, Richard's going, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What did you speak yeah. on? Stop. Don't. Don't stop. <laughs> but no. What did you speak on? Uh, we, you know, I talked about rebuilding God's house out of Haggai and, uh, and, and the book of Ezra. And when the Jews came back to the land of promise and the lessons that we can learn from their experience and how it applies today, I just His like application of that to what's going on in our society was powerful. The Lord just opened my eyes to it, and it, it really is, you know. The Romans says that the things which were written aforetime are written for our edification and instruction, and uh, it's so true. It was great. Anyway, we need to move on. Yes. And like I said, we got some great announcements to make. So uh, how can they participate? And we got some other meetings coming up, too. Yes, sir. Well, so... Thanks for watching, guys. It's going to be a great night. Uh, you can post your comments and questions as you, if you're a regular, you know this, but you can post them in our uh, chat function on our website, or if you're watching on Facebook, they're in the comment section, and we love getting the questions. We'll do our very best to get to yours tonight. Uh, and also, um, 
We do have some amazing events coming up. The Grace Encounters uh, weekend is September 22nd to 24th, so that's what, two weekends away. Andrew and Dwayne Sheriff are going to be ministering, and it is going to be awesome. Dwayne is along with Andrew. Of course, Andrew is uh, in a league by himself, but Dwayne is one of the best Bible teachers anywhere. I promise you come to this, you will be blessed. Uh, the Minister's Conference is October 3rd through the 7th. You've been doing that about 40 years, Andrew, mm -hmm. I think, something like that. And uh, the lineup there is just incredible with Billy Epperhart and Andrew and Mario Murillo and Bob Nichols, Bob Yandian. Greg Moore, it's going to be amazing. So if you're a minister, you're in full-time ministry, please uh, come to this event if there's any way possible. You'll be strengthened and edified, I promise. And then Women Arise, November 3rd through the 5th with Terry Savelle Foy, Audrey Mack, and Carrie Pickett. Ladies, this is going to be uh, one for the books, so come check that out. Um, each week on Truth and Liberty, you know, we give away a free product to um, a new subscriber. So if you're not a subscriber to Truth and Liberty, you need to go on our website, click subscribe, share your email and you'll start getting our, our blogs and our email uh, emails that we send out, our articles. And, and uh, you know, we send action alerts and all kinds of things to help you be an influence for Christ in the public square. This week, um, we're giving away Andrew's book, Living in the Balance of Grace and Faith. You know, this is a really interesting book, Andrew, because some people think, well, grace, it's already done. I don't have to believe God's sovereign. It'll happen no matter what. Other people think, well, faith, I've got to make it happen by believing and they get all worked up about it. But this says, no, they're not incompatible. They're really the same thing, right? And it's a combination of the two. Like one of the examples I use is sodium and chloride. Both of them are poisons, but if you mix them together, it makes salt and you'll die without it. Grace or faith by themselves will kill you if you don't have them in the proper balance. Mm. Wow, there's a revelation That's right a there. That's awesome. So subscribe today and you'll be eligible to receive that. And also here at Truth and Liberty, we're doing amazing stuff. We're working on a, a distributing a million voter guides here in the state of Colorado. We're mobilizing believers all over the country to stand up for truth in the public square. And we can do this because of generosity of our members. If you're not a Truth and Liberty member, I'm just going to say I think you need to be Amen. because uh, God will return that to you in a powerful way and you'll be a part of turning this nation back to God. So if you sign up today to be a member of Truth and Liberty, just sign up on our website on the donate page, a $5 or more per month automatic contribution and we'll send you this booklet in the mail, the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution of the United States and Andrew's uh, Declaration of Dependence upon God and His Holy Word. You know, it's uh, schools all over America are banning the Declaration and the Constitution. Let's get this word out there, guys. Amen. So, um, and then uh, also, if you need prayer tonight, just call in 719-635-1111, and uh, trained, anointed prayer ministers are standing by to agree with you in prayer. And Richard mentioned that we're on YouTube and that you can chat and do that, but we're also been censored by them a few times, and uh, it would be a better experience for you if you would watch on Truth and Liberty. Dot net because I think one more strike and we're gone. Yeah, that's right. So we would like for you to stay tuned for this whole deal. That's right. So Alex McFarland here has become a great friend to the ministry. And I tell you, uh, we met, do you remember when we met? I, it was at uh, Mark Cowart's we did. conference. Oh, goodness. So many blessings in my life have come through my friendship with Mark Cowart, Mark and Linda at Church for All Nations. But I'm thinking it was seven or eight years ago. Of course, I had known of you for t 20 years plus, you know, and watched you. But you and I met at his church. But Alex is an apologetic and um, apologist, I guess apologist. is the way you say that. <laughs> and we, he's not apologetic, but he's yep. an apologist. Right. And anyway, he's held uh, how many conferences on biblical worldview? Oh, uh, well, 
big ones with six or more speakers, we've done 48 conferences. Wow. And how many with just small speakers? Oh, <laughs> me too. Two, three hundred at least, you know. Plus you've ministered in thousands of churches. I know you was over 2,000 a long time ago. We've stayed busy. <laughs> We've stayed busy, but we're excited about the gospel. Jeremiah 20 verse 9 says, His word was in my heart like a burning fire. Mm. Amen. Amen. And, and I, I think we need to be out there for Jesus. I do. So anyway, Alex has been a great friend of this ministry. And a few years ago, one or two years ago, we brought you on to do our biblical worldview series. Yeah. The Lord spoke to me probably seven or eight years ago about doing that. And for a couple of years, I just didn't know how to get it done. So I put out the first biblical worldview, just myself teaching 12 lessons. But then we went into socialism, uh, sexual Human stuff, sexual. race race issues. Mm -hmm. And anyway, we've got a whole bunch. We're just going to cover the whole gamut of things. And in order to get that done, it needed somebody besides me. So since he's done so many of them, uh, we just had Alex come on board. And we need to talk a little bit about what this biblical worldview is, because some of the people watching may not know. Mm. Well, thank you so much, Andrew. And thank you, Richard. I just have bl been blessed so much by both of your lives. But what we do through Karis, of course, we teach here on campus, but you have the vision to teach biblical worldview through uh, great resources that are not only videos, but they're online. And so we've worked on things basically to equip the church to stand up for the Word of God. And right now we're editing one called Heaven, Hell, and Eternity. Mm. And we, we talk about the afterlife and eternity and things like helping people uh, know how they're saved. And then we've got one we're going to be filming in November about economics and what does God say about money. And we've had a lot of ministers now that don't even believe in hell. Oh, I don't believe it's going to happen. Oh, I, I know. And do you know, years ago, C.S. Lewis in the late 1960s, um, he had said, somebody asked him, why are you all about defending Christianity? And one thing C.S. Lewis said, he was a great Christian leader. He said that he was opposed to the ministers, listen to this, who undermine and deny the very doctrines they're paid to uphold. Yeah. I now, <laughs> the, the preachers in the pulpit have got to proclaim what the Word of God says. So I really don't know another institution that is doing what Karis is doing and what your ministry is doing to call the believers to biblical worldview. Uh, I, I read a great quote from 1908. Now, this is 21st century, but imagine 100 years ago, uh, there was a man named G.K. Chesterton. He was a Brit. He said, as much as we need to win the loss to Christianity, more and more we need to win the Christians to Christianity. Oh, that's mm. amazing. Now, that's mm. an insightful quote. So what is the format of these biblical worldviews? We've mentioned the topics, but, I mean, we have multiple uh, speakers. It's not just you or me. Right. So what, what is it? Well, generally with um, what, what we'll do, we'll decide on the topic and then we'll work on the outline and we prayerfully research. And then uh, in addition to yourself and, and myself, there's presenters like Mike Pickett, but there's also Bill Federer and there's uh, Bob McEwen and there's Bishop E.W. Jackson and David Barton. David Barton. Barton. Oh my goodness. Some of the faculty from Karis like Greg Moore and Barry Bennett. And these are the best of the best. And I've had the privilege not only of helping to 
you know, write some of the outlines, but I go through and I edit and I listen to this content mm. over and over. And it's my wife and I, we, we listen and it's changing our lives. So th this is really important because I'll say this, guys. Um, if you want to know how to share your faith and defend what you believe confidently in any situation, you want to drill down deeply and know the Word of God, and you know where God stands, so you know where you stand, these biblical worldview teaching resources will absolutely take your walk and witness to the next level. And we have some other things, extras, that we put with it, like when the socialism and capitalism uh, biblical worldview came out. We have probably a dozen of our employees or former Soviet Union mm -hmm. uh, is where they grew up. And so we had them come on and give their testimony about like their health care, national health care, and just different things. And it adds a dynamic to it that it's not just pure teaching. We do panel discussions. We have uh, testimonies like this and it's really, really good. Why, why, Alex, Andrew, why is it important for believers to go into these subjects of, of worldview, these foundational issues? You know, I mean, m most people live in their daily Christian life, I want teaching on healing, or I want teaching on finances, or I want teaching on relationships. But what about these deeper subjects? Why do we need to go there? Well, the reason our society is in the mess it's in is because the Bible has ceased to be the foundation of truth. And that's the reason they can't tell which restroom to go into. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's the reason they just, I mean, uh, I mentioned before the broadcast that I read something that 22% of Democrats believe that a man can be pregnant. That is unreal. I can't hear that without laughing. I'm sorry. <laughs> and it's because the Bible is not the foundation of things. Your mm -hmm. worldview is a lens you look through. Uh, Alex is the guy who's great on defining what a worldview is. Why is it necessary? Well, it really is. Worldview is the way you look at life. Now, what are some of the big you know, aspects of life. Well, um, does God exist? Does truth exist? What about morality? Um, are there some things absolutely morally right? Some things are absolutely morally wrong. What does it mean to be a human being? And as a person, as a human being, what are my responsibilities in life? You know, mm -hmm. uh, that brings to mind that a friend of mine in Illinois actually knows a teacher that comes to uh, school as a furry and wears ears and a tail and uses a litter box at the front of the classroom to relieve himself. Lord have mercy. That oh, is I know. Do you remember what Lauren Boebert said at the conference? Oh. <laughs> she, she said that uh, there was a, a student who got sent home for stepping on the tail of a furry oh, in class. Yeah. And, and she, oh, told, yeah. she told the dad of the boy that did it, said, well, maybe you ought to tell him, you know, he ought to become a, he ought to identify as a trapper. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. <laughs> she said it much better than I just did. But, but anyway, this biblical worldview, if you don't have the foundations right, well, then nothing else is going to work. And that's what, that's the reason our society's in the message. Yeah. Well, the church is an oasis of sanity in a world that has just about lost its mind. And we have to qualify that, that there's not all churches. That well, are that's always. true. The, I'm, when I say the church, I'm assuming yeah. they mean born again, yeah. Bible believing, centered on the Lord Jesus Christ. But you were saying before the broadcast started that what, 30% of evangelicals 
Oh, the, uh, a Christian Post a week ago Friday, so that would have been about the second or third of September. Christian Post, I've been interviewed by them. I, I think they're a very reputable journalistic uh, organization. They reported that 33% of evangelical pastors believe you can get to heaven by, quote, being a good person. And that is an absolute lie. Well, mm -hmm. that, that would be a contradiction because evangelical means you believe the, the gospel. And the gospel says you must be born again. So if you believe people can go to heaven by good works, that's not the gospel. No. So we need to return to the Word of God. Well, we could spend all night talking about that. But we do want to make a special announcement since Alec is, is here. And I've been talking to him. And we've been working together for a few years now on this biblical worldview. And some of you might remember that back uh, in the first part of this year, I think it was, I put on a week's worth of what we call Truth Lovers program. And I did an hour and a half live call in. And, uh, you know, we take questions here, but they're in digital form and we read them. But in this one, people could call in, actually come on the air, and I'd answer their questions. Well, I wanted to expand that to five days a week. But my biggest drawback was the fact that, man, I just can't commit to five days a week, an hour and a half on top of everything else I'm doing. So I came up with this idea to ask Pastor Mark Cowart, who is on the board here, mm -hmm. and Richard Harris and Alex and myself, and that way we'll each take one day a week and then one person will do two days in one week so that no one person will have to do over two days in one week uh, in a month. And so anyway, we've been waiting on Alex to see if he'd commit to this and he's you, you bought into it immediately, but you live in where? North Carolina. North Carolina. And so that's a big decision for him. So he and his wife have been praying about it. And anyway, they're pretty well committed to being here by the first of the year. And so sometime after the first of the year, the date and time is to be decided and the actual time during the day is to be decided. But we're going to start doing that and have what we call truth lovers. Hmm. And it'll, or excuse me, it'll be truth and liberty. Uh, live cast, I think mm -hmm. is what we're calling it. Mm -hmm. But it's not going to be limited to only talking about like social political issues the way our Monday night broadcast is. This will be, of course, it'll be including that, but it will be also talking about biblical things. Mm -hmm. It'll be just basically a, a Christian call-in show and you can talk about anything. And I think it's going to really, really, really be good. Wow. Praise God. I am so excited about it, Andrew. I think it's going to really have a major impact. So. We're glad that you're saying yes. Well, amen. Amen. Well, I'm excited about what God is doing. Here. And you do a daily uh, radio program, We right? do. We do a show called Exploring the Word, which is a live radio show heard on the American Family Radio Network, a couple of hundred stations. And you know what? It's just a, a simple, we teach the Bible, then we take questions. And uh, on the radio, we've led people to Christ mm -hmm. on live radio. So this will be basically what Alex has already been doing, except this will be television. And it'll be uh, on our TV network plus on other outlets and things like that. And if it gains traction, we could put it on TV. Yeah, that'd be awesome. So it'll be so it'll be on TruthandLiberty.net and GospelTruth.tv, mm -hmm. um, and probably also on social, our social media outlets. Of course, some of those details we're still working on. Mm -hmm. 
But I think it's going to be it's awesome. Be great, yeah. It'll be really, really good. So welcome. We appreciate well, you yeah. doing this. Praise God. This is yeah. a huge commitment for you. Well, to uh, paraphrase Esther 414, for such a time as this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, and, and I say this, guys, a lot. I, maybe I sound like a broken record, but I really mean it. What God is doing through Karis and how people are being equipped, people of all ages, people from around the world, literally people from around the world have come to this mountain to come to Karis. I'm so excited, Andrew and Richard. A week ago, I preached at a church uh, near Raleigh, North Carolina, my home state, and not far from there is a Christian college and seminary that in years past has been pretty good. I did a biblical worldview Sunday night thing and about half a dozen pastors came and they said, Alex, the graduates are so woke, and, and you probably have talked about what woke is. And they said, we just can't in good conscience send young people there anymore. No. Where do we send people? And Andrew, I just want to say thank you because with a full enthusiasm and a absolutely committed heart, I tell people everywhere, and I'm not just saying this, come to Karis. And there are third-year tracks. I'm very much involved in practical government, but there's ministry and there's so many things. Karis will equip you to change the world. And that's what we need right now. Now, you're teaching biblical worldview in the school now. Yeah. Um, I teach first and second year students, all first and second year. We do biblical worldview. We do apologetics, defending the faith, all the aspects of knowing what it means to be a disciple, to see all of life through the lens of Scripture. And then in the third year program, I've been very privileged with Dr. Mark Cowart to be deeply involved in practical government. And um, who knows, we, we might create a third year track. Well, I was just fixing to say, we've talked about that. Has anything been done on a third year apologetic track? I've got a meeting this week with a gentleman named Nate um, yep. Bauman, uh -huh. if I'm pronouncing his yep. name correctly. So that's uh, the the wheels are turning. That's awesome. That would be amazing. I tell you what, I would like to see, and I've mentioned this probably 10 years ago, and we've yet to totally implement it. But I would like to see some kind of a program, whether it's just over the summer, or if it's a special something we do in first year that is like a gap year for. Uh, kids coming out of high school that have to go into a secular university to get their doctor's degree or teacher's degree or something like that. Before we throw them to the lions, where 90 percent of Christian youth renounce their faith first year of college, yeah. I would love to have something that they could come to Karis and just get the basics mm. so they could at least hold on to their faith when they get out there. Yeah. yeah. Well, at, at a minimum, they need to come and do first year uh, for sure, you know, and What's, what's two years of Bible college compared to the rest of your life? Well, one of the things we say all the time is that preparation time is never wasting time. <clears throat> mm. And so I guarantee you to prepare to go into a secular woke environment and spend one year preparing is not wasted time. Man, it's maybe one of the most important things they'll ever do. Absolutely. Well, and, and in the classes on biblical worldview, I, I say to the students, and there are some, the first and second year students, I mean, they're, I don't know, 200 or 300 students in the classes, and we mm -hmm. talk about defending Christianity, and I say, look, here is what the atheist will say. Here is what the Darwinian evolutionist will say. Here are the cancel culture revised history. Here's what they say, but here's how we respond. And I, I completely give God the glory, guys, but I've had students come back to me, and they'll say, Alex, I heard you at Karis, and it's exactly like yep. you said. Mm -hmm. 
but um, it makes a difference when you're prepared instead of just broadside. Yeah, that's, that's right. That's right. So um, the good news is, Second Peter one sixteen says we have not followed cleverly devised fables, mm-hmm. and I want to say, guys. God exists, the Bible is His Word, Jesus is the risen Son of God. This is true. This is truth. Now we have evidence, compelling mm-hmm. proof, but we want the church to be able to stand strong for the faith in any situation. I don't think you've mm-hmm. ministered in Carish yet this year, have you? Um, you well, this week, this week. This week I'm teaching a speech class. But I mean, have you ministered like today? No, sir. Well, see, the point I'm making is that we now have 1,050 students. And so we got right at 400 first-year students and 300 or something second-year students. So it's growing. You're, you're going to be amazed. Yeah. We, we've got a 20, what is that, a 20 to 25% increase from yeah. last year. Yeah. Hallelujah. And Praise the Lord. we started uh, the construction of our student housing this week. Amen. I was out looking at it today. Glory yeah. to God. And so they're knocking down trees, getting ready to build, and it's awesome. It's going to be amazing. You, I, know, you know, can I, I just want to tag on if I can. I, I was a student at Karis. I went through Karis. And I want to tell you guys, anybody that's listening, it, it's more than just head learning. It's mm-hmm. an experience. And uh, I'll never forget, as long as I live, when Donna and I came to Karis for campus days together. And I had, I had been to one conference before but I had never been to a place like this, and it felt like to me the closest thing to heaven on earth that I had ever experienced because of the love and the joy that was just as thick. It was like in the air. You could mm-hmm. feel it, and it was like that for all three years for us. I'm telling you, it's a life-changing experience, not just because of what you learn, but because of the relationships you build, the people you meet, the, con- the ministry connections you make. So whatever God's calling you to do, I-, I guarantee that Karis Bible College will help prepare you in a major way for that calling. And let me also point this out, that Richard was a practicing attorney. Yep. He gave up his law practice to come here thinking that, well, here goes my career, here mm-hmm. goes everything, but he was willing to do it to obey God. And now you found your sweet spot. Oh, I brother. think you are much better off than you oh, were yeah. before. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm much better off. We were just talking about this at home after the conference. My in-laws are in town, and we were looking back on that decision, and <clears throat> it was a shock to my family, to my wife's family especially, as they you know, didn't want us to be separated from them. And there was some conflict that went on with that decision. And my wife said, I remember, Mom, when I told you, you just wait and see what God's going to do. And he has been so faithful to us. I had fears of living under a bridge and a cardboard box. (laughs) You know, I I didn't know what was going to happen, you know. But I I didn't realize I actually had a poverty mentality. Even though I was doing quite well financially, I was still hooked on money. And... uh, God set me free of that along with So how did your in-laws, how do they see it? Oh, they acknowledge now. My my mother-in-law said the moment, the first time she came to visit and stepped into that new facility right here, that she knew that we had followed God. And they've never doubted it. Did they hear your ministry? Uh, Her Donna's dad did. Her her mom stayed at home. But but, uh, what did he say? Oh, he loved it. He he's eighty-something years old, and he sat in on every single session. So Mm. yeah, uh, yeah, he loved it. Yeah. Well, awesome, awesome. Anyway, mm-hmm. we could talk a long time about all of that. So yeah. what's happening in the news? This is what we normally talk about, some social issues. Yeah, what's going on in the news? Uh, oh, a lot. A lot. How about yeah. the gender 
stuff and the pronouns and people transgender and what's your take on all of this, Mr. Biblical Worldview? Well, the Bible says the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And what, one of the things Satan is doing right before our very eyes is dehumanizing people. Mm. And this thing that uh, male and female are not objective categories of reality. I mean, when we say a male is a male, a female is a female, that's not just somebody's opinion. I mean, that's reality. And, and all of this idea that people uh, are anything from uh, transgender, gender fluid, non-binary. By the way, I've got to say something here. So, and I've had plenty of people want to debate me on this. They'll say, well, um, you know, Alex, you're transphobic. I'd say, no. I'm married to a nurse for 30 years, and I've learned a little bit about human biology just by being married to a nurse. Um, there are males and females. Now, listen to this. So, somebody says to me, well, I'm different. I'm non-binary. All right, so there's binary and non-binary. Well, that's binary. I mean, the, 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 <laughs> even the transgender. What does binary mean? I'm not following. Two poles, two possibilities. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> there's true, there's false, there's right, there's wrong, there's male, there's female. Well, here's the thing, and, and I want to say this, that um, there's, there's unsaved people in the world, obviously. There's people that don't know the Lord yet. And very often the lost world says, you can't tell me how to behave. But transgenderism says God can't even define what I am. And, and I'm going to say this, and I, look, God loves people. People need to be saved. But transgenderism is demonic. Yes, Absolutely. It is. It is demonic Amen. because it is denying reality. And Isaiah 5 says, Woe to them who call good evil and evil good. And this is so dangerous. You might say, well, how does this affect me as a citizen or whatever? Our nation has been the nation that it was, prosperous, stable, free, because we were built on a foundation Absolutely. of morality. The transgenderism, and that, that's why I would advise everybody, do not vote ever for a candidate that is pro-trans, because what they're doing, whether they realize it or not, is kicking away our moral foundation. Mm -hmm. If we continue, now I want to say, people in the privacy of their home, do whatever you want to do. I mean, if you want to think that you're non-binary, one of 51 genders, I'm sorry for you, but, that, but what we can't let people do is destroy the foundation that our Constitution rests on. Without moral truth, our Constitution cannot stand. And if our Constitution falls, we've lost our freedom, and that includes losing the freedom of speech and freedom of religion. You can argue all of these things from a scientific standpoint. I mean, every, the chromosomes in your body are either male or female and do all that. But the bottom line is God said, Jesus said, I made them male and female. And so anytime you try and change that equation, you are coming against God. Absolutely. And these are inalienable rights that were given to us by God. That's what this nation was based on. When you start saying that there is no absolute truth and that Jesus wasn't accurate and that God, it doesn't matter, and that killing babies are fine and on and on it goes, you are coming against God and you are unraveling the whole fabric of our nation. And I believe that's why they've chosen these things. They hate this country. Can, you, can a person believe, really believe in Jesus Christ as Lord and reject what he says? 
If he says, I made them I male and female. I believe that they can mm -hmm. if they're ignorant. If they're ignorant. And if you have somebody like Raphael Warnock, mm -hmm. who's saying that the Bible it's promotes uh, abortion. And I think it was Joe Scarborough this week that came out and said that Jesus never taught against abortion, that he believes he would support abortion. If you never read the word for yourself and if you listen to, to weirdos like that, and if that's what you're brought up under, I mean, think about these kids that are now third graders mm -hmm. that are being taught that you can choose your own pronouns and whether you're a male or a female. If you are brought up with that, and you don't know the truth. I think a person could call out to God because of the conviction that there's sinners and, and receive Jesus as their salvation and believe something because they believed a lie. Mm -hmm. But if they hear the truth and then reject it, I don't believe that person is truly born again. Mm -hmm. These people, like I could name more names right now, but the people who are promoting this stuff and saying, thus saith the Lord, God is promoting abortion and transgenderism and homosexuality, and they've read the word and they've rejected it. I don't believe they're born again. Mm. So I, I ask people this, Andrew, and I've, I've locked horns with some professed Christians that were woke, and they, they said they were Christians, but they had all the woke ideas, open borders, transgenderism, anti-Israel, just wrong on everything. I mean, you ever meet these people and if, if, if you said water was wet, they would argue with you. You know I what I have, mean? I have, yes. So I said this, okay, Jesus was debating the Pharisees about divorce. And Jesus said, have you not read in the beginning, God made them male and female? Now that's Genesis 1, 26 and 27. I said, so Jesus believed in male and female. Was he right or was he wrong? Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, really? You're going to tell me Jesus was wrong? Now, well, there's people that would say that, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because they don't, they're not accepting him as Lord. Yeah. yeah. He's not the one that's entitled to say what's true. And, and I often, and I, I try to do this in love, but when I'm trying to help people from their politically correct delusion onto the solid ground of the Word of God, uh, Jesus said that he was the one and only way to heaven. Uh, John 8, 24, Jesus said, if you do not believe that I am he, you'll die in your sins. That's true. Christ said he was the only way to salvation. Was he right or was he wrong? Because, I mean, mm -hmm. Good. you have to help. But there's them. a lot of people that don't think that they're rejecting Jesus by rejecting pro-life and because they haven't. Yeah, they're heard. ignorant. You know, let me give you this example. I've used this before. Some people might have heard me use this, but there was a woman, a black lady in our school, and I remember the date because it was January the 6th, 2014, when we moved into the barn. It was yeah, the day that, that day. we first got in. And she came to me. It was a glorious day, and people were just praising God. And she came, and she says, Thank you. You have literally changed my life. You've saved my life. And she said, when I came here, I was so liberal that I was for everything that the Bible is against. And she says, but I loved God with all of my heart. And I just stopped her. And I said, now look, I'm not going to argue with you. I won't debate. You can say anything you want to. But explain to me how you say you love God with all of your heart, and yet you believed in abortion, you believed in homosexuality, you believed in everything that the Bible was against. And she made a statement that really ministered to me. And she says, I loved God, but I didn't love the Bible. Mm -hmm. She says, you can't love the Bible and be a Democrat, mm -hmm. is what she said. Wow. And so I think that a person, 
You could go to a, a meeting or something where somebody proclaims, you're, you need a savior, you're gonna go to hell if you don't repent, and you could re feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit and repent and make Jesus your Lord, and I believe he would accept you. But then if you, you don't know the words, you don't just automatically get your mind reprogrammed, your heart gets changed, but your mind doesn't get changed instantly. And until you learn the truth, I could see that a Christian could buy into some of these things through ignorance. Is this the difference between being uh, born again and being a disciple? Well, Amen. absolutely. It's, I can say this, that it's impossible to be a disciple and believe in this woke ideology. Now that is no question, but I believe you could be a Christian and be a deceived Christian, a carnal yeah. Christian, yeah. a baby Christian that is deceived in living in some of these things. Mm -hmm. That's the reason we've got truth and liberty. Yeah, because Jesus truth. said in John 8, right, you will uh, be my disciple if you abide in my word, right? right? Mm -hmm. And uh, so if they're and rejecting his word, yeah, and then you'll know the truth and then you'll be free. Yeah. So, so anyway, man, it's a, it's a terrible thing that we're in. But this conference that we just got through with, again, I want to encourage you to go to Truth and Liberty's website and look at this, because I guarantee you it is life-changing. And it was encouraging. I believe that we are in the third great awakening. Mm. You won't hear that on CNN, MSNBC, but you're hearing it from me. And things are changing. There was something that changed in the yes. spirit realm. I believe that. This it had the, I've been in Holy Ghost meetings. This had the feeling of a revival meeting, even though we're, we're talking about culture and engaging the culture and changing the nation, but it was powerful. It was awesome. And so yeah. anyway, I'm encouraged and I really do believe that things are turning around. Amen. Amen. Mario Marillo was one of our speakers and Mario, you know, has a tent now. I think he's got a new one that seats 5,000 people. He's been packing the thing out and having people stand outside and seeing hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people, drug addicts and liberals and people that are against everything that we're for come and get born again. Amen. It's happening. Amen. Well, I, I just want to encourage people everywhere to pray, to pray for our nation, you know, and we're on the victory side. You know, I mean, we're on the, the side and I'm with you. I think the spirit of God is igniting fires of revival all across this nation. I'm hearing people say, you know what? I've always been kind of on the periphery, but I'm getting engaged. I really do think for the body of believers, the difference is going to be like Paul writes in Romans 12, 1 and 2 about renewing your mind. Mm. See, that's how you get off of the quicksand of falsehood and wokeness mm -hmm. and political correct. You get on the solid, eternal rock of truth by God's book. Amen. And, you know, I was studying today in uh, Isaiah. And right in the midst of him pronouncing judgment, you're going to be destroyed by the Babylonians and everything. He'd come around and preach, but man, I'm with you if you'll repent. Mm -hmm. And I was seeing the mercy that he was extending towards the nation of Israel, even in the midst of judgment and promised that if they would turn, he would save them. Well, if that was so back then under the old covenant, how much more under this new covenant, I believe that if America will repent, and seek his face, turn from their wicked ways. He'll hear from heaven, forgive their Amen. sins, and heal their land. And I believe we're in the process of seeing that happen. Amen. It's happening right now. You know, there's a, the woke stuff has a, I think people who don't know the word of God, they, they get deceived because they feel like it's compassionate. It's compassionate to tell somebody that has confusion that they can go get 
changed biologically, you know, on the outside and somehow it'll fix their problems, but it's not really compassionate, is it? Mm -mm. The, the real compassionate answer is to Tell teach them who their real identity is yeah. and that they are made by God as a man or as a woman and they can be self-assured in that and confident in that and at peace in that, you know? Mm -hmm. But this false compassion, I think, is deceiving Christians and causing this stuff to spread through the church. Well, there was a lady who transitioned from a woman to a man back when I think she was pre-teen, and now she's come out and talking about how it's destroyed her life. And even, oh, yeah. you know, she's now recognized the error of her ways. She can never breastfeed her children mm. and on and on and on it goes. And she's talking about the trauma. And it's compassion to tell people that this is stupid yeah. to start yeah. three-year-olds, transition. Mm -hmm. oh, Three-year-old doesn't have the wisdom to make a decision. Mm -hmm. So it's compassion to tell a person the truth. Well, well, it, it really is. And I interviewed a doctor and a nurse from Wake Forest Baptist Medical Center. This is back in North Carolina. Not going to name their names because it probably would not help their career. But uh, the oncology department, they treat cancer. Uh, they were talking about people who do gender reassignment surgery and uh, HRT, hair, uh, hormone replacement therapy. All right, men that want to try to become female, take all this estrogen. Women that want to try to be a man, get all this testosterone. All right, and I've got this PowerPoint slide, uh, guys. They, this uh, from Bowman Gray Medical Center, they were telling me 17 types of cancer that people who transition get, including like tumors in their muscle wow. tissue, uh, certainly cancers of reproductive organs. And this one oncology nurse said to me, this was August of 21, I did these interviews for this book I'm working on, said to transition is to give yourself cancer. Wow. Now, wow. Word of God says I'm supposed to love my neighbor. Augustine, 1,600 years ago, he lived 354 to 430. Augustine said, biblical love is to seek the highest good of another, which obviously to be born again, to know Jesus. Now, if I'm going to obey Christ and love my neighbor, would I encourage them in something that is going to destroy their body, if not their soul? Absolutely not. Isn't there a passage in, in the Old Covenant, Andrew, where... It, where it says, Leviticus love your neighbor 18. as yourself, and then goes on to say, if you don't warn them. Yep. Yeah. Leviticus 19.18 is where Jesus quoted, love your neighbor as yourself. But verse 17 says, if you don't warn them and allow them to commit sin, you hate them. And then he says, now love your neighbor. So when loving your neighbor isn't like I saw a kid holding up a placard during one of these gay pride things that says, love is love. Doesn't matter who it's between. That's a lie. Mm -hmm. It's not love That's when right. you're outside of God. God's the one that created all of this and established what sex is all about. And it is not love and it is destroying people's lives. Homosexuality, I forget the exact figures now, but it's like 300 times as much suicide among homosexuals as among heterosexuals. The spousal abuse is like a thousand times greater among homosexuals and lesbians. And on and on you could go. It takes 21 years off the average homosexual's life mm -hmm. compared to a heterosexual. You don't love them if you don't tell people these things. There was a, a celebrity in the news recently, this woman, I forgot her name, you guys maybe you remember, but she 
was in a lesbian relationship with Ellen DeGeneres. Uh, wow. Anne Heche. Yeah, and then she broke out of it, but she's had psychological trauma ever since and eventually drove her car yeah. into a fiery crash, you know, and I, we can't say it's definitely linked to that, but boy, well, but look at the whole picture it is. Yeah. Your life's not disconnected. All of yeah. these things figure into who you are. We're going to have to take some questions. Oh, yeah. We'll never get to them. All right. Well, we've got some. Let's see here. Um, all right. So Charlotte on Facebook asks this. Have you all considered producing a documentary that could be shown in movie theaters to inform the dangers of non-biblical worldviews? There's an idea. That is an idea. I hadn't thought of that. It's a good idea, Charlotte. We'll talk about it. <laughs> we, could, <laughs> well, we could do it. That would be pretty good. Yeah. Well, okay. Here's Scott. Um, he's asking, what are some ways we can get our pastors to be more engaged with biblical citizenship? Well, um, remind them that uh, the personnel committee does an annual review, and uh, I, I, I'm serious. <laughs> I would even go a step higher than that. Remind them that someday they're going to stand before God, and He's going to ask them, "Did you tell them the truth?" Amen. Mm -hmm. Amen. Uh, listen, I can I can talk on the pastors a little bit because I've been a pastor and I've been in a lot of churches, and I want to tell you. Uh, we got a preacher problem. Now, I love the local church, Andrew. I love pastors. Uh, Mark Cowart and I were talking yesterday how we, we count it an honor to try to encourage pastors. But let me say this, brother pastor, preach the Word of God. Charles Finney and John Wesley both wrote about how at different times in their ministries they had the entire congregation get up and storm out. Yep. And Charles G. Finney, he was a great revivalist of the 1800s, he said, if you don't have a congregation get up and walk out at least once in your career, you're not really doing your job. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jesus had the whole crowd yeah. So, So, I, I do think, lovingly but gently, pastors should get a review and personnel committee uh, remind them that he is to preach the whole counsel of God. And uh, pastors don't play it safe. Get out of the comfort zone. Get on the, the cutting edge. And there is a liberty and there's an empowerment when you preach the Word of God. And you know what Alex is saying should be reason enough just because you are mm -hmm. responsible to God. But we had Rob McCoy at our Truth and Liberty yep. Conference and he stood and started preaching the Word and his church has increased what? Four? Fourfold, yeah. Fourfold. Oh, yeah. And oh, yeah. people are looking for truth and you will lose the woke crowd. That's true. But you will have two or three times as many people come that are hungry for truth than the people who will leave. So, Amen. Well, Andrew, your ministry, since, yeah. you, you know, right in the midst of COVID, you stood against the government in COVID. You stood against these efforts to tax student housing. And uh, people would think, oh, you're going to suffer. But your ministry's done nothing but grow. We've nearly it. doubled in three years. And we were already big. So, I mean, you know, when you have two people responding and then two more respond, that's double. <laughs> but if well, you've got hundreds of thousands to come in and then to nearly double, uh, it, it was a significant deal. It was God. Yeah, amen. Well, and I wanted to mention in response to that question on Truth and Liberty's website, we have resources. Um, 
where you know you can you can take that load for your pastor almost where you can go to him and and just ask him if you can start a biblical citizenship course in your church uh, rick green's got a whole program on that uh, where you can teach people the constitution and the biblical basis for it and they not only learn it they get trained to teach others there's also uh, culture impact teams where you can do that just ask him if you can start one and you can become that agent in your church to equip and inform people and also be active in the community and you know i think sometimes pastors they've got so much on their plate and they're they're maybe a little bit intimidated because they don't feel like they're experts in this field you can help them out in that way too so that's on truthandliberty.net yes sir on truthandliberty.net and our resources page so here's another question um, this is an interesting one alex patience wants to know whether it's feasible to get biblical worldview and she's got it italicized so i think she's talking about your program uh, as a lecture in all bible colleges and universities uh, well, good, good question. You know, what individual schools do is, I guess, up to them. But um, this curriculum, uh, it is world class. Let me just say from the content to the, there's a study guide. And uh, we're working on the one for a biblical response to racism now. And it's several hundred pages with literally hundreds of footnotes. The, these things... You know, what, what started out as a, a good curriculum, I mean, it was, it was good. This has become like a resource to go in libraries, mm -hmm. really. And I could see the day as word spreads that colleges begin to use this as course material. I wonder if we could offer this to colleges mm -hmm. as like we'll supply it if you'll use it. Yeah. So that's a good idea. Mm -hmm. but, good idea. But, you know, l l let me just say this. Um, moms and dads are sending their kids to college. And so often we hear these stories of kids raised in a Christian home, maybe went to a Christian school, K through 12, but they go away to the state university. And as one father angrily said to me, um, uh, he, he said, I paid four years and $100,000 for the state university to make my son an atheist. Yeah, that's now, um, we, we have nothing to be afraid of when we're well equipped to defend our faith. We can go into the lion's den for sure. But let me say, moms and dads, one of the most significant matters of stewardship is your child's education. And so we've, we've spoken on that K through 12 and then Bible college and these, these third year programs. Um, I want to say I, I can't can't promise what they will or won't get at the local university, but I know what they'll get at Karis, and it's solid. Amen. Well, here's a related question to what you just said. Um, what is the future of public education if homosexual, transgender, socialist indoctrination continues in our public schools? What's going to happen? Well, you know, there, there's a question about whether or not the government should even be in the education business in the first place. Uh, and uh, I would mention a couple of books out there. One person that you might want to know, I, he's a friend of mine, Colonel Ray Moore. Uh, he's got he's a, been on this program. Has he really? Yep. Yes. Exodus Mandate. And I, he talked about all of the homeschool. And he, he predicted back during COVID in 2020, mm -hmm. I think, is when he was on, he predicted that they might double or triple the homeschool population, and I think it has. Well, l let me just say this very briefly. 20 years ago, I met Colonel Ray Moore. He served our country, a uh, great man of God, and he had this ministry. He was calling parents, get your kids out of public indoctrination camps. And you can do Christian school, private school, or homeschool, but get your kids out of public school. Um, a pastor friend said, oh, Alex, Ray Moore, 
the homeschool movement will never amount to anything. Do not listen to him. He's a crackpot. Well, Ray, Ray Moore, people nowadays think he's a prophet. Because, and Exodus mandate, I'm glad you've had him on. But look, why would I spend time and money and let my impressionable child go to a place where God is mocked and America is denigrated? And sadly, and look, my mom was a public school teacher for 28 years, rest her soul. She was a very godly woman. But part of why our very nation hangs in the balance right now is the anti-American socialist Marxism of public schools. I agree. Well, the, the teachers, they have to go to public university to get their teaching certificate. And our, our public universities teaching colleges have been thoroughly taken over by the yeah. woke uh, people. And so these, they go in at the age of 18, they come out 21, 22, and they are full-blown indoctrinated teachers at that point, And they just come into the classroom and start transmitting that stuff. It's but if you were to go back to the beginning of school in the United States, it was started by Christians oh, and they yeah. were teaching their children. And the government saw it was so effective that they stepped in and wanted to help. And in the beginning, they had the same values. And so Christians, I believe, made a mistake because of money, mm -hmm. love of money. It would allow them to do more and they gave the government control of the schools. But now the government is completely anti-Christian and and against our children. And so I would question whether public school is even a godly thing. Well, you know, um, if I could plug what the Lord showed me, I ministered this at the conference in the story of the, the, Hebrew, the Jews returned to the land. The, one of the first things that happened was the Samaritans came to him and said, we want to help. Mm. We want to help you build the house of God. That was really good. And Zerubbabel and Joshua said, no way, this is our calling and we're, you, you, you're not going to be a part of this. And I think we Somehow we didn't see that. You know, the church well, is the one called to, to teach. The and church raise. is Amen. the one that started schools. The church is the one that started prisons. They used to just execute people if they kept giving them problems. They'd put them in stocks, whip them, and if they kept giving them problems, they'd just kill them. Wow. And so the church started uh, prisons, and the government saw how it was rehabilitating people. So then they stepped in and took that over. The church is the one that started welfare. We're the ones that have the responsibility the to help the poor, and yet the government stepped in. Anytime the church gives up control over something that God told us to do, He gave us a mandate to train up our children in the way they should go, and we give it to anybody else. Mm -hmm. It's a mistake. And at the beginning, they may have the right heart, but you give somebody else control, and I guarantee you Satan's going to use it to our well, detriment. And the big leaders and movers in public education back in the 19th century were secular humanists like Charles Dewey and uh, John, John Dewey. Yeah, and, John Dewey. And, uh, well, yeah, in fact, I taught on this in one of my classes today about how not only education, but the media fell to humanists a mm -hmm. hundred years ago. And there was John Dewey and Margaret Sanger, and there was a guy named H.L. Mencken who was in the media. But, but the bottom line, it, because of literacy and trying to teach children to read the Word of God, education was birthed in the church. Absolutely. That's right. But... Um, and it's been we need to take back the mountains of influence that we've abandoned. You know, here's a question from me. <laughs> okay. That I, I really doubt Christ, uh, secular education should even exist the way that it is. I agree. But some people say, but we can't just withdraw. We got to go back in and reclaim it. 
since it wasn't actually started by the government, it was started by the church, do you think we should even fight to preserve public education, to turn it back the way it should be, or should Christians mm -hmm. just withdraw and do their own education? Well, I'm only speaking for Alex here. I, I've really prayed about this because um, I, I know there are some Christians that are, you know, voice crying in the wilderness in the public school classroom. I. I know with God anything's possible. God has promised He can revive His church. He's not promised to revive a secular anti-God institution like public education. I don't think American public education is redeemable. And I, I don't think parents should have their kids in public school. And look, if you move the money around, uh, cut spending here, look for ways to save money there, you can afford it. But my goodness, when the, the mind, the heart, the soul of your children and the future of the country hang in the balance, I don't think the hostile Marxist, pro-gay, anti-God, anti-constitutional public schools can be a part of a Christian family's education program. So this begs another question. What about the Christian teachers that are in there trying to make a difference? Should they leave or should they look at it as like, this is my mission field and I'm going to reach the few kids that I can? Well, I say they need to do what the Holy Spirit's telling yeah. them to do there because they're still salt and light and uh, they still have a positive impact. And, uh, you know, there are lots of families even uh, who, who don't even know the Lord and they can still be a blessing in their life. And, and, and even uh, for those families that do know the Lord, but they don't have the option of private education or whatever, single moms and whatever, those Christian teachers can still be a blessing there. Does anybody know what percentage of our children are being homeschooled in private school? Um, I th is it is it twelve percent somewhere between twelve and twenty? You know, uh, it's been growing. So since COVID, it has just gone vertical. Yeah. I mean, it's really been growing. I think Christian uh, schools and homeschooling is about twenty percent of the public of the American public now. So that's a significant amount. That is significant. But, and, if, and I bet you that we have at least that many Christian kids still in there that if they were to make this commitment to go to uh, Christian schools or homeschool, charter schools, something like that, you could double that to nearly 50%. Mm -hmm. That'd make we, a big difference. We've got a minute and a half left, Andrew. I had an idea that if, if all the churches in a community would come together and say, we'll dig, give 5% of our budget, start a school system that's Christian, then people wouldn't have to worry about it. Anymore. You know, I've actually thought about actually starting a Christian school here. Of course, we have some Christian schools in this uh, community that we live in, and I thought about maybe even offering them space in our mm. facilities or something. Mm. But, man, it's getting to a place that we cannot ignore this That's and right. just trust that it's going to get done in the secular realm. Amen. Man, we're down to the last minute. We just getting some good stuff. <laughs> thanks for being with us, Alex. Oh, thanks, thanks for, for everything you're doing. And to thanks to all of you who've been watching and participating tonight. Sorry we didn't get to more questions, but we would encourage you to go to our website and please look up this Truth and Liberty uh, conference that we had this last weekend. It was phenomenal. It's one of the best things I've ever been a part of, and you can watch it and share it with other people because it needs to be shared. Amen. Also, thanks to CTN for carrying this on their network. Y'all have been a blessing to us, and we really appreciate it. If you need any prayer, if you have questions, some way we can minister to you, we've got phone ministers waiting right now, 24-7 at 719-635-1111. We'd love to help you any way we can. 
And thank you, Alex, for everything you're doing. We're glad that you're on board and looking forward to what's coming. To God be the glory. Amen. Amen. God bless you. We do this every Monday, 6 p.m. Good night. Join us next time for the Truth and Liberty broadcast. Find tonight's episode and related articles and links at truthandliberty.net. Truth and Liberty is viewer supported. If you'd like to help us continue our live casts, you can make a donation at truthandliberty.net.